Hi everyone, it's Jamie. I just want to share with you that my new book, Toxic Relationship Recovery, is available now. This book is for anyone who is healing after a harmful relationship, but it's also for people that are looking to identify toxic traits, toxic behaviors, and toxic strategies that get used upon people every single day. The second half of the book teaches you strategies to heal your inner voice and find your authentic self after experiencing this type of harm. I'm looking forward to you all reading it and hearing your feedback from it. It's available today. Find Toxic Relationship Recovery wherever you buy books. This is Unlearned, a self-rising production. I'm Jamie. And I'm CA. And we are your hosts. This is a podcast all about deconstructing who we are, and exploring who we are becoming. Here we go. Hi. Hi. How this are is you? like we haven't introduced ourselves from the beginning. In a I while. know we've had a couple episodes in a row where we like started with like straight into a role play. So this is like I know. Well, y'all are getting well, the banta. Before we get into it, though, we want to introduce. It's it's only taken us two extra months. <laughs> <laughs> Because we wanted to do our workshops in January, but here we are. It is March 2023, and we finally are launching our first workshop. What is it called? It's called How to Relate to Your Mother Who Has No Boundaries. Oh, yeah, baby. This is, yeah, we just... Be on the lookout for that to come out. Much further description will go into it. Obviously, it's not exclusive to mothers, but we had to make the title cohesive. So we we just picked that. Um, but it could be for any, you know, kind of primary caregiver, adult person in your life. But we hope you guys enjoy it. Those of you who need that resource, we tried to make it as accessible and ADHD friendly as possible. And I think y'all will definitely get a lot out of it so yeah thank you for your patience with us little ADHD ears over here I know we're giving you the heads up um it we're not sure if we're gonna have it as live in this episode but if it is look for it in the show (laughs) (laughs) it may or may not be in these show notes Because knowing, just in case you guys are wondering, we have had so many technical errors this month. So, so like, I can't guarantee it's going to be published this next week, but it could be. But it exists. It is. It exists. It exists. And it's just a matter of us jumping over the technological hurdles to package it and present it to you. But it's it's there. It's real. Uh, It exists. In its raw form, and we are trying to package it up nicely and neatly for you. Okay, so let's get into it, CA. What are we doing yeah. today? All right, so we've been talking a lot thematically this year about trauma, and we, we did trauma basics, and you know, last year we touched on the stages of healing. Today we really wanted to talk about sort of the the process of building skills around our trauma and specifically like how that looks and feels experientially in our lives. And there's a lot of nuance there as always, because that's what we do (laughs) on this podcast is we dig into the very nuanced topics of 
And, and this one is about like, how do we build these skills and apply them in real time when we're, it, it's like building the boat while you're already out to sea is what it feels like sometimes, right? Like, that's what we're doing. I'm like visualizing, if you've ever seen Lego movie where they're like in the air and the like, they're like collecting Legos and like having to like build something while they're free falling. Like, can, you, can you do it? Can you do it? They're like, throw me this part. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So that's what it feels like when you are an adult and you're already living your life. And then all of a sudden you realize so much of your life is like happening in a default state of like responses and habits that were built out of trauma. And then you're like, Oh, I would like to live in a different way now, but life doesn't exactly just stop so that you can like rewire your whole entire nervous system and suddenly like show up to your life the next day perfectly. So yeah, we just wanted to talk about that because it's real. Yeah, we're, we are trying to dive into this because what ends up happening is, we've said this before on the podcast, is the idea of never allowing yourself to develop a skill, right? I hear people do this and this is not me like, you know, shaming it, but it, I can understand and validate where people have this ideology where they're like, I'm never going to date ever again because, you know, I, I don't have confidence enough in like my skill sets or I don't have confidence enough in my ability to parent or I don't have confidence enough. And yes, we don't want to do things mindlessly. Uh, we do want to enter in with some kind of intent and understanding of the type of commitment it takes to have a healthy relationship with your partner, with your, you know, children and so on and so forth. At the same time, though, and CA is kind of going to get into this a little bit. It's that double-edged sword where it's like, you aren't going to learn, or is it double-edged sword? What's the analogy? There's a better mm. analogy there. <laughs> Whatever it is. Um, it's... <laughs> that welcome, thing. <laughs> welcome to the chaos. Okay. So it's the idea of if... I tell myself I'm never going to develop that skill because the perception of my current abilities don't match that. I'm never going to flex that muscle. So we have talked about that in the past episodes where it's like some of this is, yes, if you have, you know, a complex trauma history or you're aware that you're working through complex trauma, but you're telling yourself, oh, I don't ever get to practice that in a relationship because I'm just like not strong enough yet. Or I'm just never going to have kids because I'm just like never going to amount to anything if like, you know, I'm a mom or a dad or, you know, a care provider or whatever. This is what we're trying to bring the nuance to. It's the point that we've made in the past is that some of this skill set is intrinsic and happening inside. Okay, so some of that skill set is deep inside of you. It is a relating to self. All right. So that's a skill set. That's a relationship skill set. But it is a relating to self skill set where you're interacting with your inner thoughts. You're interacting with like some of the way you show up to the world. You're taking accountability for how you show up. All of that to be said. Right. And that is coexisting with relating skills. So this is what I think a lot of people are blinded by. Ready? They go, 
okay, well, I'm just like never going to entertain him. Not that I, I'm not, you guys can never have, you don't have kids. You don't have to have kids. Okay. That's not <laughs> what I'm saying here. But if you're telling yourself, I'd love to have kids, but I'm never going to have enough skills to be a mom or a dad or a caregiver, whatever, um, or a parent. All right. What we're saying here is when you start looking at it through the lens of like, I'm never going to enter into practicing of that. We're making the point that like, in and of itself, the skill development sometimes has to occur in the actual functioning of the relationship. And so when I say people are blinding themselves, is that they're saying, well, I'm just not going to enter into parenting, or I'm not going to enter into that relationship, or I'm not going to enter in here. And you are relating with people, folks. You're relating with your coworkers. You're relating probably with your siblings. You're relating with your friends. You're relating with your past relationship. Maybe you're relating with your past relationships. You're relating with people every freaking day, right? And so when you're telling me, well, I just can't enter into the, the deeper ones because I don't have the skill set. I'm like, okay, well, let's just even look right now. Like, let's look right now. How are you practicing some of your skill development around some of the trauma processing? How are you developing some of that stuff? And then we would take that baseline and we would say, at some point, it does have to enter into newer facets, like deeper and deeper intimacy, like that partnership or that parenthood or that whatever it is, right? So we're making the point that in order to practice the skill, you probably are already in some variation interchanging with some of these skills. And it gets harder when you enter into partnerships. It gets harder if you practice during parenthood. Yes, we're not going to like buffer over those things. And, 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 and somewhere along the line, the conversation with self starts needing to look like, am I going to open the door to practice that skill set? Am I going to allow myself to practice and then do the trial and error and do the kind of back and forth that CA is going to talk about in a second. But it's that idea of like, we have to be allowing ourselves to realize that we're not going to have all of our skills right off the bat. Yeah. I mean, the, the approach to trauma healing can go all or nothing, just like anything. Right. And so if you want to try to take the, the complete nothing approach and try to avoid all healing at all costs and try to make your life as insulated as possible and, and just have no relationships and have no, you know, just do whatever you think you can to like be like not triggered by the pain that's living in your body through the trauma that you've experienced. That's an approach that some people try to take. And then you can also swing the pendulum as far in the opposite direction as possible and try to do way too much, way too fast and re-traumatize yourself by trying to literally like fix every single trauma and trigger that's ever happened to you in your life in like one month time. And then you end up like straight up, like, I don't even want to know what would happen to somebody if they tried to go that hard that fast, but it would not be pretty. And so of course, as always, we need to bring it to center and find the nuance and find the balance and understand as Jamie was saying that you are going to be building and working on these skills simultaneously while you 
don't have the skills. <laughs> now, <laughs> let me, right. I, I know it's, it's like this, but that's how life is. What? Right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just like when you learn anything, everybody yes. starts off a novice with the, think about the, the first time you start learning how to drive a car, like, yeah, you can read about it and you get the kind of like road knowledge about how to read different signs, but nothing prepares you. Nothing prepares you for the first time that you literally put your foot on that gas pedal and realize that you are the person in charge of whether or not this car crashes right now. And the fear of crashing that car is enough to sometimes prevent people from ever even attempting to drive the car in the first place. And there are people that like genuinely never learn to ride a, or drive a car out of that fear. And if we use that analogy with trauma, there are people that are so scared of getting hurt again because, you know, maybe they've been hurt in the past that they would rather avoid getting behind the wheel of the car ever. That is a choice that a person can make for their life. And that also limits their freedom, right? They don't get to drive to the grocery store or drive to their friend's house, right? If you never get your license, it limits your freedom. It doesn't mean your life is over, but it's there are certain freedoms that are going to be more difficult for you to access without that skill of being able to drive a car. And so that's kind of how it goes with trauma. So it's like, we're not forcing anybody to heal their trauma. And that's I, that's a pedestal we will stand on till the ends of time. And that's why it's the very first episode of our entire podcast is don't start in on a trauma healing process without your full autonomous consent, because that will cause more harm than good in the long run. So, or even in the short run. So that's not what we're saying. What we're talking about is, is there an actual authentic part of you that is asking you to heal? And then you are putting roadblocks in for yourself. One of the roadblocks that I really wanted to touch on in this episode, and this is a long build up to it, but basically is this concept of being bad at something long enough to get good at it. And this is something I hear people say a lot is right. Like, oh, I tried mindfulness. Yeah, I tried that for like two weeks. It didn't work for me. Okay. And I'm going to, I'm, I'm making a, I'm making a squint face. I'm not saying mindfulness works for everybody. Uh, or, you know, is there's no, there's no one healing, you know, trick skill modality, whatever. That's like a panacea and everybody has different ways, you know, that work best for themselves. But if somebody was to say to me, I tried that for two weeks and it didn't work. I'm going to squint a little and I'm going to challenge it. And I'm going to say, is two weeks long enough for you to know whether or not something quote unquote works necessarily? Or, oh yeah, I I tried using that conflict skill that you tried to teach me last week. And uh, yeah, I, I tried it with my mom and it, it didn't work. It didn't help at all. And I'm like, again, is trying it one time with your mom the proof that this is not a helpful technique for you. Or I tried to do it, but I didn't know what to do. I, I didn't know how to do it. Like I started doing it and then I forgot what I was supposed to do. So, okay. Again, I am saying all of this with the most compassion possible because I experienced this right along with you as far as like trying to do a skill when you don't know how to do the skill, but you want to know how to do the skill 
it can feel very like overwhelming and it can take a long time to get to a place where all of a sudden something clicks and all, and now you understand how it works and the application of it feels more natural to you and you're no longer like grasping to make it work necessarily. And so uh, my brain always goes to like parenting skills. That was kind of like the start of my personal trauma healing. I became a mom really young and I knew that I wanted to be a good mom, but I didn't know what that meant. And all of a sudden I'm in the thick of it and I'm raising these young kids and I know things I know not to do, right? I know what traumatized me as a kid, but that's not the same thing as having like active skills of what to do instead of, well, I know I don't want to scream at them. I know I don't want to hit them. Like I knew some things I didn't want to do, but I didn't know what to do instead. And so there I was in the thick of it, whacking skills, but really wanting skills. And then I would like learn things from like parenting books and research. Oh, this, try this, try that. And I'm sleep deprived and not eating well most days. <laughs> and I'd be like in the middle of some sort of tantrum or meltdown with a kid and knowing that I'm supposed to get down on their level and lower the sound of my voice and you know, present a calm nervous system to them so that they can co-regulate to my calm nervous system. And I'm sitting there going, but my nervous system is highly activated right now. Like, I don't know how to make my nervous system calm for them because I'm losing it. And so as I was building the skills, I was building the boat while literally out at sea, there were days when I got it really well. And the skill came to me and I remembered what to do and I pulled it off and it was great. And then there was days when I was sleep deprived and had already been pushed to the edge that day, totally lost it, felt like a failure, felt like, wow, I've now I've great. I've undone the last week of skill building that I worked on. But you have to realize that skill building isn't linear. It's not like that. As you're building all of these skills, if you have a bad day, you have a bad day. But the trajectory is still a forward, upward moving trajectory as like a net positive, right? And so maybe this is a little like pep talk, right? That like, if this is you, if you're working on these skills and you feel like, man, like I was really on a roll there. And then all of a sudden I just got hit with like, God, I was just like awful this weekend. Like everything was triggering me and I could not get a grip on anything. And I lost my temper and this, that, and the other thing. Know that that's like normal and that's part of the process. And that doesn't undo the progress that you've made up to that point. Right, right. I like to give an example of like, so people, when we talk about skill building, what's interesting is I think it's helpful when you think of it through analogies of different people building skills with a lot of changing variables around them, right? So for example, like we're not always going to be able to practice skills in a completely controlled environment. And that's why I think a lot of people get very upset at like therapists or life coaches or the people that are like, you know, trying to be like, just breathe, just be mindful, CA. And then they're like, oh, you judged me because I didn't do it in, you know, two weeks and now I want to give up. And it's like, well, first of all, you know, we're 
proposing a lot of these ideas in like quote unquote controlled environments. Like if I'm asking you to be mindful and a kid just spilled their juice everywhere and the other one's screaming and the person smacked you in the head and then you're trying to like, you know, be on the hold for, you know, the pediatrician and then they just answer the phone. They're like, are you still there? It's like, could you practice mindfulness in that moment? It's like all of those variables are now thrown at you. And when you sit there and you listen to some kind of like meditation and they're like, okay, so the idea is that even though anything could be going on around you, you would be able to be that sole comforter in that moment of chaos. And it's like, okay, like CA is like, I'm in the boat. I'm building the boat. I don't have access to that skill right now. So obviously I do want to give up after two weeks of this because it feels as though I'm never really gaining the, the same skill set. So really, I think what we're talking about is we're talking about the perception of growth in yes. the development of skills, right? So we're talking about how are we perceiving growth? Not necessarily like is it possible in that moment? Because I would venture to say if I was on that phone, yeah, you're not going to see me pull off some good mindfulness. Like, nope, probably not going to pull it off, right? And what CA is saying is instead of like that day, did you completely break down and lose it and have a panic attack? No, maybe two years ago you would have, but today you were still kind of agitated. You might have not been in the most mindfulness space, but you were more centered. Okay, that's growth. That's a trajectory of growth. That's a trajectory of movement forward and movement towards the healing processing around that intensity around that moment, right? All right. So when I'm talking about the examples, it's like, what are some skill sets that have very intense variables? Okay. So for example, I think of like a skier or I think of someone who's trying to practice something that's like outside like skateboarding or something and for example like if I don't have a completely trimmed track like whatever they call the skate tracks or whatever and I'm just practicing on the dirt road right I might be fairly good at that skill but I didn't see that crack pothole and I didn't get enough like I didn't get enough warning to compensate for that thrown in variable. All right. So the fact that I've been doing really well, let's say I have been practicing for two weeks and I haven't fallen for two weeks. Right. And then I'm like, you know what, let me go out on this other track. Like I've never been there and I didn't get, no one gave me any, you know, heads up, but that track in like about, you know, a mile in or something, like, let's say I'm on this like track or whatever has this big pothole. Right. So I didn't have enough like ability to see that coming and it was a thrown in variable. And if I am on the ground, and this is our point when we're talking about trauma perceptions of skill development. If I am on the ground and I say, this is proof that I don't have the skill because I fell, to me, that is a tragedy. It's a tragedy because now we're looking at the skill development through the lens of a floating variable that got thrown into our existence that we didn't even have the capacity. Like I would venture to make an argument that like, there was no way there is no like skateboard conditions today on this track. Like nobody, we didn't have any ability to see that that crack occurred overnight, you know, during like, you know, some ice or something that got into it or something. Like we didn't know that. Right. So you falling in that little crevice and you embodying that fall as proof that you don't have skills? Yeah, it's a tragedy. Why? Because now the perception is 
I'm not actually good at this. If I can go two weeks and I can have this big of a blowout because someone threw some variable at me, let's parallel it back to the person that's overwhelmed, right? So let's you, but you have been practicing mindful. You have been able to be more centered. You haven't been panicking as much, right? And then all of a sudden out of left field, someone like, you know, one, you get it. I don't know, like your kid gets like a dog attacks them or something and you start like panicking and you're like, oh my God, I can't, I can't stabilize my, you know, and you, of course you're going to have a trauma response because that's incredibly traumatic to a witness and to experience. And if you are sitting there and you're like, I've been working on my ability to manage my trauma triggers and now I'm super activated and I feel emotionally flooded and I can't manage this moment and I can't access any of those mindfulness skills and I'm crying with my daughter because she's crying and I'm in the waiting room and I'm freaking out. Right. It's like, all right. If we took that moment as proof that you don't have the skill, the reason why that's so dangerous for trauma processing and healing is because it is a actual barrier for you to see the growth that's already occurred. It is now a like blockage of the flow. Well, and this is also speaking to me of the complexity of skill building that is necessary while we are in our healing process, because what often happens is we are actually making progress in gaining a particular skill set and that pothole comes out of nowhere. And even if we applied that skill set perfectly to the pothole, we still fall down because the pothole requires a different skill mm-hmm. that we there didn't even realize we needed to develop because we didn't know about potholes. Okay. We didn't know about how our skateboard interacts with a pothole. We haven't gotten exactly. there yet. And this is how healing works is that you actually have to fall down to find where the skill sets still have holes, right? Like where you're still needing to build something. Same thing with the, with the dog example, like, my everyday parenting skill set works great. In a panic crisis situation, I need to apply completely other skills to that situation, right? Like I can't apply basic mindfulness skills that help me stay grounded when my kid is crying that I gave her the wrong color cup to a situation where my kid's being attacked by a dog. This is a completely different skill set that is required for that moment versus, oh, my kid's sad. I gave him the wrong color cup. So this is, this is how complex it is, right? Is that even while we're building certain skill sets, life is going to throw us these potholes and show us other areas where we go, oh, I don't know how to manage that. And even though I'm really good at managing these other things that are related to it, I haven't quite gotten to this particular skill set. And right. sometimes that can feel really discouraging because you sit there and you go, oh my God, like I just figured out how to handle the cup color tantrum and now I got to deal with this. Like it can feel so overwhelming. And so I really, you know, want to just give compassion to that because It's like, it's a lot. Well, I think I would say like, it's, it's about that fixed mentality. Like I do have that skill set. I have skateboarding skills. Okay. Well, what does that mean? 
Does that mean if I chucked a, like, if I chuck a, a, you know, if I'm at a Tony Hawk competition and I chuck a freaking tree limb in the middle of the skate park, you think Tony's not going to fall? Like, dude, that dude is going to fall hard. Like, this is not about, like, oh, did I, it's like, we're talking about, like, floating variables that no one can predict. So really why we're actually harping on this for so long is I want you to understand it's not always about, oh, I just needed to be more aware. When I hear that I'm coaching, oh my God, I could go on a tangent right now. I'm not going to. But when I hear that stuff come out of coach's mouth where they're like, well, you should have just known that a, that a tree limb was going to get chucked in the middle of the park. And I sit there and I want to like literally smack my head against a wall. Why? Because first of all, that's absurd. Second of all, it's teaching them something that doesn't track reality. Like that doesn't track reality at all. And to me, the greater skill set is how do we encounter something that out of the blue and develop adaptive skills, not in the moment, but adaptive skills when that occurs. So for example, if Tony Hawk does get that, I don't know why this is happening right now, but if he's in a skate skate park right now, someone chucks a tree limb in there and he falls. Why I'm giving you this example is why I think it's more powerful to teach someone adaptive like processing skills around this is that if Tony Hawk realizes what just happened, and looks around and just is like, okay, I can get right back on. That is a skill set versus throwing their hands up in the air. Every I just got in, like, I can't do this anymore. I can't believe somebody just did this. I give up. I, I remove myself from this competition, right? It's like the adaptive skill sets around the floating variables are so, so important because really what we're talking about is not, can you just predict the future because things are about to go down? It is what happens when those things go down and what internalized narratives are getting formed when those floating variables occur. So CA is using that example of like the emergency room, like the kid gets hurt versus the sippy cup fiasco. Okay. If I am in the emergency room and I'm like, I am the worst mother in the world. I shouldn't have taken her to that like one sidewalk because that dog sometimes is there and that that's why she has that bite on her arm. And I'm the worst mom and I should have known that and I should have been able to look around and I, right? That is what I'm talking about is the adaptive skill of when there's a floating variable of a skill that you're trying to learn. You're trying to learn parenting skills. You're trying to learn relationship skills. And you're saying, I should have known that. I should have figured it out, right? There's a big difference between someone. Okay, if we're talking about you're on a walk seven times and every time that dog tries to bite your daughter, yeah, we can say it's a freaking pattern, but it's not a pattern when something out of the blue happens in your trauma processing, and then you're linking it to some kind of identity problem that you have like, oh, I should have just figured that out, right? This is why I want to point this out because people are going to be like giving me this comparison. I'm I'm just hearing the like naysayers. They're going to be like, well, but my ex would always do that thing. And I had that voice in my head. I should have figured it out because it was a pattern. And I'm like, well, to be fair, let's not shame ourselves. Like I should have figured it out. But what we're noticing is the differential there, right? You cannot predict if your partner has never been violent with you. Let me give you this example. If your partner has never, ever, ever, ever laid a finger on you, okay? And then 
one day they smash you against the wall. Okay. And you're sitting there being like, I thought I did a good job picking this partner. I thought I figured it out. Like I thought, right. And now you're trying to conceptualize, like you should have known that that was going to occur. Well, that was a floating variable that you had no foresight in. Okay. Versus if you're telling me that you're with a partner and this is not me saying this is on you, we're not victim blaming or survivor blaming here, but there is a big difference between trying to develop a skill set around pattern recognition, which is in and of itself a skill set, right? Because in trauma, it is going to be hard to see that threshold getting pushed. So maybe they've never pushed you against the wall, but they've like forcefully like gotten you into the car when you're running late or something. And you're like, whoa, like they just put their hands on me. Like, what the heck? Right. And they're like, just sit down. Oh, we have to go. Like, and they push on your shoulder. All right little checkbox that they have no problem putting their hands on you, right? And then another time, like you're in line and like it's going and they're like, get, come on, move. And they push you really hard in public, right? Another checkbox, right? So now what we're talking about is the pattern recognition in and of itself is a skill set. And we're differentiating that from the single events and then saying, oh, I should have been able to predict the random time that my partner has never been physical versus when your partner is continuous to be physical. Even if you're saying I should know better, it's now adding different layers. What am I realizing is happening? Is the threshold changing? Am I am I normalizing like physical interaction like that? Like what's happening and what skill sets happening on that side, right? So neither of them are gonna be shaming. You're not going to shame yourself on either end but they're different kinds of skill sets. Okay. That's what I want to, I wanted to reiterate that because I know people are going to be like, but what about the times where it is? (laughs) What about the times that it is a pattern and I'm not developing that trauma processing skill like enough. Like I'm realizing that I'm normalizing that behavior. And I'm like, that is valid. And like, we can tap, we can tap more into that. But I want you to think about it. Like going back to the one incidental, what starts happening is people now look at that as like, I don't know how to do this work. And why is that dangerous? When they come to the conclusion that like they just aren't capable of navigating these floating variables or like, for example, if CA is in the ER and she goes, I just can't, I need to just call, I need to call my mother-in-law and she needs to pick up these kids. I can't parent. I'm not a good parent. Right? It's it's dangerous to draw conclusions from these incident, like incidental events, right? That's an all or nothing thought right there. Absolutely. Um, and, and I think that's, that's the part where I want to bring in this sort of other analogy that I like to use when I try to describe this to people, which is the concept when you, when you think about a faucet. Now, this is funny because I know that faucets work differently in other parts of the world. So some of our international listeners might be like, this is a strange analogy. Let me explain. Here in the U.S., most of our faucets are structured where there is a a knob for the hot and a knob for the cold, and they come out of the same faucet. So if I want like warm water, I have to turn the hot and the cold on and like balance it to get the temperature water that I want. If I want just hot, I only turn the hot on, whatever. The point is, so if we are going into life with most of our just like default settings based in trauma, 
the the cold water faucet is 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 the trauma responses right and that that cold faucet is just going full blast and part of the healing process starts with just that kind of like awareness and education step all of a sudden we become aware of the fact that there's people out here washing their hands with like nice warm water and that warm water is a possibility to experience, right? We've only ever experienced freezing ice cold water when we wash our hands because that's the only option that we've ever had for ourselves. And all of a sudden we're like, oh, well, I want to know what that feels like. So the next time I go to the faucet, I just spray, I can't just spray on, I can't just turn on the straight up hot water all by itself because that's going to scald me, right? I, I don't want boiling hot water, that's not the solution to, to overcoming just straight up freezing cold water. And it takes time to like slowly, slowly turn the faucets where over time, as we're learning new skills, we can slowly turn the hot water faucet on and slowly use less of the cold water. But it it just, it doesn't, it, it doesn't work perfectly like immediately we can't just like go up to the faucet and be like give me perfect water like that's it's too difficult to expect that of ourselves and so really I think what we're getting at here is almost like overcoming perfectionism in the healing process like not to expect perfection from yourself and to give yourself that like gentleness in the process as you build the skills. And if you if you come up against something and realize, wow, I have no idea how to manage this. I don't like the way I just reacted to it, but I don't know how else to react to it. That's okay. That is extremely normal. And there are resources out there to try to start learning what those other alternatives might be on how you might want to manage that moving forward. But to just come up to something and draw these conclusions and say, oh, well, I was faced with this situation and I handled it terribly, which means I don't know how to handle that situation, full stop. And then just decide for yourself that you're not a person capable of handling that situation is doing yourself a major disservice. So as you build these skills, know that it's happening. Here's what here's what we're really getting to. A couple different points. Point number one you are going to be building skills in real time before you really have the skills. So you're literally doing it while you're doing it. You're healing while you're healing, number one. Number two, it's not going to be linear. There's going to be days where you feel on top of the world, days where you feel like, wow, I don't remember anything I've ever learned. And you're showing up in ways that you're not happy with. And that is part of the process as well. There's kind of this back and forth. And three, when those things happen, or, or there's going to be times where a, a floating variable comes in that has nothing to do with any skill set you have even built up to this point, and all of a sudden you're going to be hit with the reality of, oh, there's this whole other area, there's this whole other part of my trauma that I didn't even know existed, and now I have to figure out how to manage this while I'm still trying to build all of this other stuff. So these are the couple of different points I wanted to talk about. Kind of like this is the experience of what it feels like to actually be healing in real time. Because the question you and I get all the time is like, where's the end point? How do I know when I'm like done healing? Like, does it ever end? Because if not, why am I doing this to myself? It's torture. Like, this is so difficult. And if you're going to sit there and tell me that it never ends, 
I don't know if I even want to start. Right. It's so interesting because like when you start thinking about the theme that you are needing to walk away with when it comes to processing, you know, opportunities of growth, like, oh, I could have handled that a different way or, oh, this went down a specific way. It's like, we really are asking you to really get curious. Like we've used this word before, curious, not critical, but I want you to think about why that's so it's so important here because it's not about predicting the stick getting thrown into the skate park. It's about getting curious, like how that's getting absorbed into the psyche. So if you're on the ground in the middle of a skate park, it's very empowering to be able to release the like obligation that you were responsible for that fall. If you can actually come to a sense, obviously it's not going to always happen in the moment, but if you can come to a sense of like, oh, that went down and it actually isn't an indicator that I don't lack skills. It's just a floating variable that I couldn't predict. It is a it is a, you know, I don't know, they have a term for this in science, but it's like that weird an- anomaly that sometimes occurs that you can't, you can't predict for, right? Whatever it is, my scientists can like at me or DM me. Uh, but the idea is we're going to have the floating variables and then I'm going to go back. This is why this is tricky because I want people, I want to be on the other side of this when people are like, but what about the times where I'm finding myself stuck in the pattern? Like the people that are like, okay, my partner is starting to lay hands on me or I am noticing, let's on the other side, I, it's not even like my partner. It's like now I'm noticing that I'm constantly passive aggressive. And I, it's not just, I was, I, it was one time where I was needing to defend myself. It was like, I'm noticing that I'm, that's my default response. Like I'm struggling with applying a new skill set around this variable, right? Our point is we're not, asking you to condemn and let it be proof that you're not getting better. Okay. It is by every instance that, you know, you are noticing passive aggression inside of yourself, or let's say your partner hasn't physically actually like, you know, laid hands on you, but they're being like, almost like grooming you to allow it. Right. Like they're like, pushing hard or like little, I mean, that is to me a variation of assault, but like, it's, it's not to a level where you're like, oh, was that intentional or whatever? And so you're now trying to create, this is the point. You're not trying to say, oh, I I must be so messed up because I think it's normal that someone's like kind of pushing me around. No, we're not condemning you. We're not criticizing you. It's the idea of, I need to get curious enough of my thresholds, right? So Do I think, like I've actually, so you guys know I'm writing the book. This is actually a part of the book. Like I use the word warning. I'm going to be swearing right now, but I'm talking about, I I bring up in the book, the idea of normalizing like vitriolic cussing in conflict. And I mean, like you fucking piece of shit, you good for nothing, worthless sack of whatever you know <laughs> I'm like I'm like I don't even talk like this I don't know what the hell right. I, don't know. I can't I can't come up with like, it on I, the fly I'm like <laughs> I'm not this mean okay whatever um so it's like the idea of like what we're talking about is not oh you get to condemn and criticize yourself because you just 
quote unquote, allowed your partner to call you a cunt. No, we're not saying that. That's not what this is about skill building. We're actually talking about being incredibly mindful of the pattern and then also being incredible mindful of the threshold that's occurring, right? So when we're talking about the flip side of like, not the one-off events, but the ones that are slowly becoming insidious and you're trying to figure out how to process your feelings around it, I want you to notice if you're like, well, I am a cunt. So I guess I deserve to be treated like that, right? Like that is the thing to notice if we're trying to talk about processing. Because if you're telling me the reason why the threshold is so high for you to be talked to like that is because you're telling me I literally believe that I am that worthless. We need to talk about targeting the right skill. I've said this a million times. If you start trying to solve the wrong problem, you're going to get the wrong answer. If you're telling yourself, well, the problem is, is just like, I just need to get like a thicker skin, right? And I'm like, wait, that's not the skill set. The skill set is not, I just need to like suck it up and get like harder and like get like, you know, more resilient against that trauma. No, that's that's not the skill set. The skill set is I'm paying attention to how that cussing affects me during the events of the conflict And then what I'm doing is I'm taking that and I'm going, okay, what skill set do I need to be paying attention to? Do I, am I internalizing that as like acceptable? If I do think it's acceptable, we're not saying, oh, see, you're so fucked up. That's not what we're saying. We're saying, if you think it is okay for someone to call you a cunt while you are in conflict, all you're doing is you're asking yourself, is it something that I truly feel as though like am I actually that worthless and if your answer is no I'm not worthless right now becomes the hard trek because now you're starting starting to realize oh my god the threshold's very high so now I have to start developing skill sets around lowering the threshold right? In some cases, this is removing yourself from the relationship in a safe way. Obviously, get resources if it's a very scary, right? I'm not going to say that lightly. But if it's like, you know, a new relationship, you've known this guy for one week and he called you a cunt when you were fighting. Yeah, you can fucking walk, like literally walk. Like that's what we're saying. We're like, we're getting to the point where our threshold is not high and we can lower it through learning the interaction with the skills that we're developing. Like CA said, we were covering like a bunch of different ways to perceive skills and it is a tricky subject and we basically just scratched the surface but we are hoping that this opens some doors for you that we can open some perceptions for you in your own healing in your own processing because you're not the enemy i've said this a million times you are not the enemy you are not some like toxic person to solve yes we all have traits that we are trying to adapt and evolve around but it is not you are this huge problem and you're just a good for nothing person that doesn't have any skills. You have the skills. They're just going to be slowly evolving over time and it's not linear. So this is what we hope to give you. And we are hoping that it's enough of a foundation for you to grow and establish some of that perception that needs to shift when you are developing the skills. That's all it's going to be for today. We hope that you guys enjoyed. Thank you for listening and... Be on the lookout for that workshop. We will see you next time. Thank you for listening, everyone.
Thank you so much, y'all, for tuning in. If anything we said resonated, please subscribe and leave a review anywhere you listen to podcasts. This absolutely helps us grow, and we really do value your voice on this podcast. So if you have anything you'd like to contribute, any tips, any topics, or if you just want to say hi, you can email us at unlearned at recollectedself.com. You can find us on Instagram at the unlearned podcast or individual Instagrams at recollected self and CAs is at embracing divergence. You can also find us over on TikTok under those handles. If you want to join our Patreon for $5 a month, you can be our coffee fiend club member. And that's going to give you access to our podcast within a podcast, which is called unhinged. This is basically where we let loose completely unedited we are literally just shooting the breeze having fun you can see our full personalities and it is a blast honestly it's pretty fun so if you want to join us you can find that at patreon.com unlearned and that's it the last thing i want to tell you is i want you to be brave enough to fight for the person you want to become and this is how we do the work